A million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports, where the triumvirate has reunited. Mojo Mutati Lucas, Whitman, and Edward Lewis, and we are kicking off today's show with an absolutely insane brawl coming out of Brazil. Edward Lewis, you got the scoop. What's up? Yeah, so Argentina, obviously Lionel Messi's team, played against Brazil in a World Cup qualifier on, on Tuesday night. And before anything even happened on the pitch, violence exploded off of it. Uh, in the stands during the while the national anthems were playing, uh, fans just got into it. I, I, I guess the way that it works in, in Brazil uh, during these World Cup qualifiers is, is Argentinian fans were mixed with Brazilian fans. And that obviously created this powder keg that went off before even Messi could touch a soccer on the field. Uh, images from the scene are wild. I mean, there are people covered in blood. Uh, there are fans being beaten with police batons. And at one point, even some of the Argentinian players uh, went up into the stands to try to grab police officers and, and prevent them from hitting some of their fans. That's how wild this got. Ultimately, Messi uh, made the decision to pull his team off the field. They all went back into the locker room. And about half an hour later, finally everything calmed down, everything settled down, uh, and they were able to play the game. Argentina won. Now there were arrests made and there did obviously appear to be several serious injuries happening but uh, afterward it seemed like uh, there it, it was a massive disaster avoided as bad as it looked uh, it didn't seem like there was any sort of uh, life-altering injuries or anything like that so thankfully that uh, got cleared up but man just a wild scene in Brazil on Tuesday night seriously and you look at those images and videos and everything and the players afterwards were saying we're happy that it wasn't as serious or it didn't get more serious than it already was which I mean you don't even want to put your imagination there as to what else could have happened but I think when you see these issues continue to happen especially between Brazil and Argentina fans I, I don't think you can put them together anymore you're gonna have to put them separate opposite ends of the arena something I don't know what you got to do but you can't keep having this happen when these teams go out on the field together that's a good point Lucas I didn't even think about future instances and what security is gonna have to do to manage that debacle I was just glad that this happened before the game and, and not during the game then what would have happened that would have had some serious implications that now affects how the players are able to perform i mean soccer a sport where you're moving non-stop you cool down it's like starting over uh so that could greatly alter the game but hey ed you you said it brother i mean everyone was able to i guess enjoy the game afterwards no no flare-ups and i think that was because of how long this fight dragged out for, I mean, 30 minutes. That is a very long brawl. I mean, that is enough to win even the most in-shape MMA fighters on the planet. So I guess once you punch it out of your system, everyone was able to just sit back and relax and probably try and catch their breath throughout the rest of the game. But man, what a scene. Absolute mayhem. I, again, kind of surprising they recovered from this and it wasn't worth it. Fellas, moving right along from football to football, and another incident that started terribly but ended very positively. Edward Lewis, you got the scoop. Yeah, so Shaquille Leonard, one of the, one of the, honestly, one of the best Colts that's ever lived. I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he was a three-time All-Pro. He's a three-three-time Pro Bowler. He was one of their best defensive players of the last decade. Well, he was cut 
on Tuesday morning. And it was very, very shocking. Obviously, like I just said, he was one of their best football players. Uh, he had been dealing with a lot of injuries and he had been losing playing time over it. And he reportedly been a little bit upset over it. And they were just like, forget it, you're gone. Uh, now, obviously, he, he could have gone home and cried and, and tried to find a new team. But instead, he committed a, a great act of charity. Uh, well, check this out. He went out to a, to a church and handed out turkeys and side dishes. And look at this video. He was just as happy to be doing this, whether he was fired in the morning or not. Yeah, so Leonard actually helped out 200 families with this gesture. And if you just look at that picture of that kid, so happy to meet Shaquille. And, um, you know, it just goes to show what kind of guy that he is because he could have so easily just said, you know what, this team got rid of me. I'm getting out of here. I I'm going to cancel this. But he noticed that this was going to have such a good impact on the community. It's a good farewell to them. And hopefully he moves on. And actually, I think other teams will watch this video and say, we want a guy like that on our team. Absolutely. I mean, that's how you turn tragedy into triumph, right? And if you're not feeling great, sometimes the best way to make yourself feel better is to make other people feel better. And that's exactly what he was doing here. I mean, maybe this was already a prior commitment. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, he went out of his way at a very busy time in his life to do something positive here. I mean, hey, I've, I've been cutting the NFL. It sucks. Uh, you kind of go into panic mode. You're trying to figure out what your next step is going to be. You know, you got to strike while it's hot kind of a thing because these decisions, uh, these conversations need to be had immediately. Time is of the essence, especially when you're talking about during the middle of the season. Um, but he left that to his agent. He, he sat back. He knows that's not his uh, situation to negotiate for himself. That's why he pays somebody to do it for him. And he just focused on making a difference in his community. And, you know, again, this, this happened in the city of the team he was playing for that he no longer is playing for. So it would have been very easy for him to say, screw it and screw everybody in this city. I'm done with this place. I'm out of here. But that's not the guy he is. Uh, very classy, very respectable move. Coming up next on TMZ Sports, we sit down with AEW superstar Swerve Strickland just days after winning the legendary Texas Deathmatch against Hangman Page. See how he's doing next on TMZ Sports. back to TMZ Sports. I am your host, Mojo Mutati, and extra hype today because we got Swerve Strickland on the show, a former AEW Tag Team Champion, a former NXT North American Champion, and the winner of AEW Full Gear Texas Deathmatch against Hangman Page. My goodness, what a weekend it was. Swerve, how we doing, my friend? Feeling fresh. I love throwing it back in people's face when they're like, yo, there's no way y'all can top that match that y'all did at Russell Dream in Seattle. Oh, bet. Oh, word. Man, now we made history with that mug. I'm hype, man. I'm happy. The buildup. The buildup to this match was just unbelievably intense. You actually went inside a hangman's house. 
uh, before the match. The, the entrance, there's so much to talk about. I mean, that entrance was just straight fire. I, I've had your your entrance music stuck in my head for for days. I was just actually singing it right before you uh, you hopped on yeah. with us. Tell us about this day, man. Tell us about the build up. Tell us about the match. Oh, um, um, for one, like the dancers that came in, one of uh, the one of the front right or front left is my girlfriend Alexis. She's actually spent ten years out here in L.A. So she's a dancer, actress. She does it all like amazing performance so check her out when you get the chance so and those are her friends that came through so shout out to the ladies of nana i'm calling them the day leading up to it all day is just like i kind of got to go into a mental place to go into matches like that i know how much danger is involved how much risks involved that was the most i've ever bled in my career like easily knowing that i'm going to like uh, it's, there's a good chance i'm going to like bleed and like that uh, there's going to be a good chance I won't be able to c control and stop the bleeding. You kind of got to mentally prepare yourself for that kind of thing. You got to mentally prepare yourself tonight, not only just inflict pain, but endure it as well for the long duration of however long this match is going to go. You took a lot of damage. There was a lot of punishment in that match. Any singular part of that that hurt the most? Honestly, I, I left the match with um, really big, like, scrape scars on the chest and the shoulder. I posted on Twitter, actually, if y'all wanted to check it out. It was that hangman moonsault with the chair and barbed wire. Like, hangman is a deceptively massive man in itself. So receiving a moonsault from him from that height and that weight, that speed and velocity already takes a lot out of you. Add in a, a metal chair wrapped in, like, probably hundreds of yards of barbed wire in the spool around it. It just scraped across me along oh. with Rangman just landing across me. So that was like, that was like uh, out of all the brutal stuff we did in that match, that was probably the one that stuck out was like, Oh my God, did I like tear something in my bicep or my shoulder? You know, you always want to check on yourself, make sure you're okay. And I was just like, you can see in the footage, I'm like shaking my hand and make sure I'm okay. But we kept going after that. There's no chance we couldn't ask you about the spot that everyone's talking about. The staple to the face, the blood just soaking the mat. It's coming, pouring straight out of your face. Hangman slides under you and essentially drinks it before spitting the rest into the air. I mean... How do you react when you see something like that? Obviously, pain is going through your mind, but seeing Hangman do that and the reception that he got, please talk about that. I mean, that's pretty much why we're here, <laughs> like having this conversation in the first place. You know, um, if you're going to go all out in a match like that, you have to release all the chains, all the handcuffs. Understand that there's going to be criticism because we're going to we're going to shape the foundation a little bit. There's you know shout out to a lot of the forums that are picking up, talking about it, and discussing it. We appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for watching and really adding so much noise to the discussion about the match. But in 2023, it's become really difficult to really <clears throat> catch the attention across all these platforms. You know, like um, like people are like coming up with five-star matches every pay-per-view. I'm all about the business and, like, television and theater. And I feel like that was one of those moments was, like, that was theater. That was, like, cinematic. Um, Just, like, oh, my God. 
you have to go out of your way to see this because I can't even believe it. It's um, whoever has anything to complain about it, feel free, complain. I implore you. It's not a good thing to do. I don't employ anybody to do anything like that. But the fact that it was done, it makes people like, I don't believe you. I got to go see this for myself. And that's what that was. You know, um, it's we push boundaries. That's what AEW was built on, pushing boundaries, doing things that other places just couldn't do or not able to do or you're not be able to see that anywhere else. Hey, man, career weekend. Where do you go from here? What's next? All the momentum in the world on your side. Now you're, of course, and you're used to this questions that everyone's going to ask, you know, how do you how do you top that? How do you top that? What what you doing next, my man? man? I don't even know how to top anything like that. Like, but people <laughs> said, how, people were saying, how do I top the uh, Hell of War match yep. six years ago? People said the same thing then, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, you never think about how you top something when you're setting it. I feel like I catapulted myself as one of the top guys in the industry, and like I said, I said this before earlier this year, and it made a lot of noise then. I really feel like I can be the first African American. AEW world champion and um, I, I have no problem saying and stating like I'm in a league of my own when it comes to that I really am Swerve thank you so much for joining us today my friend as a friend awesome to see how far you've come the weekend that you had a huge congrats right, can't wait to see what's coming next Swerve Strickland ladies and gentlemen let's get it extra hype today because I am joined by the legend himself, Biagio <laughs> Ali Walsh, undefeated in the PFL, the grandson of Muhammad Ali himself, and a regular over here on TMZ Sports. Biagio, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Dude, I'm hyped up because uh, this Friday, we have the PFL Championships in my hometown, of Washington, D.C. You're there right now. You're wearing a Washington sweatshirt. Dude, how we feeling? How we training? How's it all going? Everything's great. You know, I'm ahead of schedule in terms of my weight, so the weight cut won't be as bad. Um, Washington's an awesome city. You know, I got to walk around a little bit. We went to uh, the Smithsonian Natural History Museum yesterday, so it was it was really dope. Just getting ready for the fight now. Talk about the PFL a little bit. I'm going to ask you about your fight next, but talk about the PFL and uh, how that's treated you, how your fights have gone there, and just the relationship you have there. I'm so blessed. I mean, words can't even come close to convey how I really, how grateful I really feel for the PFL to just give me this kind of opportunity. Um, you know, to to get this kind of experience as an amateur, it's completely priceless. You know, this is this is pro experience. You know, to to travel abroad and do all the media and go out and have the, the big production that they have, fight on ESPN. You know, this is pro experience. So to be able to get this as an amateur, it's it's completely priceless. I'm super grateful for it. It's only going to prepare me even more for when I turn pro. So thank you to the PFL, man. I, I'm i so grateful for this opportunity. Um, I know they had just partnered with Bellator, so I'm excited to see where that goes, you know, and They've added so many guys to their roster. So, yeah, the, the future is super bright for the PFL. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I certainly wanted to ask you about mm -hmm. that too. I mean, Bellator, obviously a powerhouse 
addition that's just going to continue to grow that that brand leaps and bounds. Are there any super fights you got coming up that you might have an eye on for the future? Any anything that's jumping out at you? Honestly, no. Um, you know, I haven't turned pro yet, so you know, God willing, I, I get a victory on Friday, and um, I'm gonna sit down with my coach, see if I think I might be ready to turn pro, but see what he thinks, and I'll announce it very soon though after Friday. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. Well, let's talk about Friday. Let's get back into it. Obviously, big plans for you in the future and everything's going incredibly well. You got an undefeated fighter, Joel Lopez, coming in on Friday. Uh, any thoughts on this fight coming into it? How have you been preparing for him? Yeah, um, you, you know, I don't know too much about him. I've only seen his first fight, which was in 2019. You know, he had three fights in the course of four years. Um, you know, this will be my fourth fight just this year. So I would say I'm a lot more active, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's got a couple subs, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to get me to the ground. I wrestle with the best guys in the world and all I do is wrestle and grapple. I don't think he's going to be able to get me down. Um, I think it's going to be kind of more of a stand up fight, but again, a fight's a fight. So I'm open to all possibilities and I'm just going to go out there and just, uh, just walk him down really. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be awesome again. I can't wait to be there. I'll be right front and center. Biagio Ali Walsh fighting PFL Championship this Friday. I'll see you there, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. What the oh, hell? Come on, the West Group A. What the hell is that? He's a fucking like bear come quick. All hands on deck. Come on, man. Pirates of the Caribbean. Hey, Halloween was two weeks ago. <laughs> Lucas, what are we looking at, my friend? That is Jordan Clarkson, who uh, obviously Utah Jazz star, but is one of those guys who always turns heads with his closet and his fashion statements. And that was no different Tuesday night when he showed up to Crypto.com Arena uh, for his game against the Lakers. And yeah, it was like uh, a lot of people were roasting it online, including Charles Barkley as well. But people were saying it was like uh, the, the pirate at the beginning of the SpongeBob theme song. Some people were saying he looked like Joaquin Phoenix and Napoleon. Um, I like it though. I like these out of the box kind of looks and uh, unfortunately it didn't end well for the Jazz as they were eliminated from the in-season tournament, but you got to give him uh, an A for trying. Maybe. <laughs> he, he does look like a pirate in mourning, I'll, I'll say, like he's headed to some <laughs> sort of funeral. But They uh... actually made the joke that uh, it's fitting because the Jazz played like booty. You know, pirate, booty, okay, whatever. <laughs> we 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 just need like a rim shot when when something like that's gonna <laughs> moving right along and staying within wardrobe edward lewis what else you got for us yeah actually uh the kings uh who are playing much better than the jazz uh their ownership group was at the vatican uh this week and they gave the pope his own custom king's jersey uh it said number 13 on it because after all he was elected in 2013 uh and as you can see uh he seemed to be cool with it i mean the guy gets a ton of jerseys th from sports teams throughout the years uh, uh they all want to pay their respects to him but uh, pretty neat stuff, right? I mean, not bad. I mean, I'm actually wearing my Kings jersey right now, Sacramento, number 69 for Mojo. I mean, that's how we're uh, that's how we're rocking. So I got to say, the Pope has some good taste. But I mean, Lucas, do you think he's actually going to wear this thing or what? Absolutely not. Is he even allowed to? Doesn't he have like rules on what he's allowed to wear and everything? But he definitely wouldn't be wearing a Kings jersey. Maybe a LeBron jersey because you know, King Pope kind of like on the same level, but. 
Yeah. I well, I mean, it. what does the Pope what does the Pope wear when he hits the gym? I mean, I gotta imagine he's flexing with the sleeveless. He's gonna need something. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe some Under Armour, some white Under Armour. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that'll do it for us today on TMZ Sports with the triumvirate of Mojo Mutadi, Lucas Whitman, and Edward Lewis. Everybody have an incredible Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you later where tomorrow will be the best show since today.